Well, good morning. The, uh, this is the first time in 17 years that I've, well, we have six people here today at the church, and when we started, we had seven, so I guess it's been just a little while. As we uh, enter in today, I want you to recognize that uh, we have been putting stones up, and so we are in a series, and it's uh, a foundational series, meaning that many of the things that we're discussing are foundation to our Christian walk. And uh, this week, uh, which was planned out three months ago or, or even beyond, uh, it is on endurance. And so if uh, you can just kind of just hear um, God speaking through that alone, uh, it's interesting that God would do that to us as we are in a place where we are exactly doing that. We were, endu- we were enduring. Um, and if you're in a race, and I don't know if you've ever run a race before, if you're a person who maybe is in athletics, you realize that to win a race, something is required. There's an essential part of things that any person who is in a race has to, has to have. And whether you're Ben, who has a team of dogs, or whether you're an athlete who is uh, competing, there is a component of competing that in, requires us to have endurance. Endurance is an essential part of what we have to do as a Christian as we walk through life and as we recognize that this course that we have isn't just a flat course. There are hills and there are valleys. And if you're in a hill or if we're in a hill, uh, we recognize that's part of the course. And there are purposes for that. It was a fog-shrouded morning, July 4th, 1952, when a young man named Florence Chadwick waded into the water off Catalina Island. She intended to be the first woman to swim the 21 miles from the island to California coast. Long distance swimming was not uh, new to her. She had been the first woman to swim the English Channel in both directions. The water was numbing cold that day. The fog was so thick she could hardly see the boat in her party. Several times sharks had to be driven away with the rifle fire. She swam more than 15 hours before she asked to be taken out of the water. Her trainer tried to encourage her to swim on, but Florence looked all at the fog. It was too thick, and so she quit. You are in a race, and I'm in a race. We are all in a race, and that race is, is, is part of the Christian walk as we recognize that we have this uh, relationship with the Lord as we go through things that, um, as a Christian, one of the first things that we need to understand is that being a Christian isn't going to just be a smooth stream that we, that we go down in a nice boat. It involves some waterfalls, and it involves some hills and some valleys. And once you accept that and realize that that is, that is actually a normal part of being a Christian, you can get over some of the shock value that some people have that think, oh, I'm experiencing difficulty, and therefore there must be something wrong. No, that's to be expected. That's part of it. What we see in Hebrews 12 is that we have a, a, an example of people who have walked before us and in this example, what we recognize is in chapter 11 in Hebrews is, is all of these people who have walked through valleys and gone up hills and have gone through some waterfalls. They've gone through difficulty. And as the writer of Hebrews uh, uh, encourages us to uh, hold fast, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, 
Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So he encourages to, 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 to set a pace and to walk that race, uh, to run that race in a way that would please the Lord. As we see this, we recognize that the race is sometimes agonizing. It's actually the, the word, the Greek word that's used here is agon, and it's this idea of race. There's an agony in that. There is, there is an amount of in, endurance that's necessary for us to endure the walk that God has for us. Romans 8 uh, is kind of our primary text this morning. There will be a few other texts that we look at as well, but let me read in 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. And so we shouldn't be discouraged when we recognize that we have difficulties because just as Christ suffered, we, we too can expect to suffer. And being a Christian is, and that's just all in one package. You can't have a Christian who isn't going to suffer because really to be a Christian is to be a Christ follower. And Christ went through the cross for us, uh, suffering. And we too will experience suffering here, even as Christ did in his life as well. In Romans 5, it says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance or endurance, if you want to reword that. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And so the end result of suffering, as we see an endurance quality in our lives grow, is that we will increase in not only our endurance or perseverance, but that will increase our character. And as our character increases, our hope also is more firm. So don't give up in the midst of suffering. We are asked to, to persevere. And, and in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, uh, Paul gives us a very clear indication that on our own, we don't endure on our own strength. We are partnered with, with God. It says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And so our endurance is fueled by a connection with the Lord as we spend time in his word and time, time in, uh, in prayer and as we are encouraged by him and strengthened by his Holy Spirit which resides inside of us. And so we have a hope that we look forward to. If you did not have a hope in Christ, what would you hope in? And if you were to maybe say, it's, it's really my career, I have a hope in my career. You were to say, I have a hope in the economy or, or, or in our healthcare system or a 401k or retirement. We, we see how fragile those things are. Those are fragile things that if we have our hope in those things, they can be gone in just a, a, a very short period of time. And so we are encouraged in God's word not to focus on what is here and what may be a natural thing for people to, to grab a hold of, but to really hope for those things that are eternal as our relationship with the Lord grows more and more. We can be certain of a future glory despite our current suffering that is a promise. Read Romans 8, 18 through 21. It says, I consider that our present sufferings right now are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. 
For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. As we recognize that this whole creation, ever since the garden, it's in a state of decay. And so as you, as you look at your world around you and you look at us humans and as you look at sickness and illness and right now that's so clear we recognize that this is not how God intended things to be but since the garden it is the way that the decay of what what, the trajectory of of this world is going and so our hope in a world can't be in a world that's decaying it has to be in something greater than that and so as we recognize God's will for us is to not put our our trust in what's here recognize also that we just need to kind of do the spiritual math and in this equation is that this world is not going to last but there is a world that we look forward to that will last forever and will be much much better there will be no virus there will be no economy stimulus or that stimulus because God has all of that taken care of we have a future hope is that is something we can trust in despite our current suffering we look forward to something, and that allows us to, to endure what's going, what we're going through at the time. If our present sufferings are intense, God tells us that in, that in contrast, our future glory is incomparably more. Romans 8, 18, again, this one particular passage says this, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And so what he's saying is that maybe you're, maybe you're suffering more now than you can even imagine. What he's saying in his word is incomparably, the blessings and our future glory is way far, far more than anything that we can experience here. And so sometimes we, we don't realize it, but we're in this race. And, and, and if we could see it, if the curtain could come up, we would recognize that, that even though we get sick and we have financial troubles and relationship troubles and we have difficulties in this world, we're running a race that's different than the person who maybe you work with who, who doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. We are running in a race and we are co-heirs with Christ. We are don't get to see what's truly going on and God has got a plan for us and he's using our situations to conform us to his image and he is building inside of us this endurance or perseverance that develops character and then character hope and so in our current sufferings we see this that we have this uh, this hope to look forward to that others don't because if the veil was removed we would see that we're clearly in a race and that God is working through in us and through us. In the 1976 Olympics in Montreal, a Japanese gymnast, Shun Fujimoto, was competing in a team competition. Somehow during the floor exercises, he broke his right knee. It was obvious to all reasonable observers But they reckoned without discrimination that he recovered as well. On the following day, Fujimoto competed in his strongest event, the rings. His routine was excellent, but the, uh, but the critical point laid ahead. The distance 
Without hesitation, Fujimoto ended with a twisting triple somersault. There was a moment of intense quiet as he landed with tremendous impact on his wounded knee. Then came thundering applause as he stood his ground later. The reporters asked about that moment as he re and he replied, the pain shot through me like a knife. It brought tears to my eyes, but now I have a gold medal and the pain is gone. If we can only see through the current suffering that we have, and, and, and you look through your life and my life, and you have times of suffering when maybe you had lost someone you loved, or that you had an illness, or you went through some, maybe all you had was some potatoes in your cupboard, and you, you recognize now, looking back, that God is working in us and through us, not because this is our home, but there's something forward, uh, forward that we get to look forward to that is our hope, that is not here now. And so even though the intensity of the pain may be here momentarily, our future is much, much greater. And we have to look forward to not something that's temporary, but something that's eternal. 1 Corinthians 9.25, and I can just think of Fujimoto as he has this trophy at home, and, and, it's, and as powerful as that is in his life, and, and what he looks to as, as, as a time when, uh, when he really was at his zenith, it, it's still not eternal. 1 Corinthians 9.25, Paul says, Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. And what, what we have to look forward Hope, again, is not in some kind of a, a retirement plan or a career or a relationship here, uh, here on earth. It's something much more powerful. Peter writes this, that our inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. It's kept safely for us. And as that curtain is revealed, we'll see that more clearly as we understand that we are truly his sons and his daughters if we have a relationship with Christ. Romans 8.22 says that we eagerly wait for a future hope. Paul writes this, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have first fruits of the Spirit Grown inwardly as we wait eagerly, eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. But hope, who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. That's endurance. And so we don't, we don't yet have what we're going to have. And so a Christian really gets to experience just a limited amount of what he is going to experience or she is going to experience in the future because this isn't our home. This isn't our final destination. We're hoping for something that is eternal, that is perfect, and that is it is not going through this process of decay, of groaning, and that, is, that it is actually a place that is perfect and free of all those things as we journey through this. Hope is essential to endurance. And that's why that's one of the stones that we're placing as a foundation to a Christian life. If we don't have hope, we won't stick with the race. If we lose the sense of where our hope is placed, if we put it in some things that are not 
that we're not where they're supposed to, it's supposed to be placed, we will be disappointed, we will be disillusioned, and we will lose our endurance. We will lose the ability to continue on in the track that God has for us. Our hope in its proper placement in the future is very, very important in Christ, not in the things that are here, but things that we can actually look forward to in the future. Isaiah 54.10 says this, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, doesn't matter what happens to the economy, doesn't matter what happens to, to this country or that country, or this virus, or if there's five viruses running around, it says, Yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. And God loves us and he holds us. We don't, we don't hold him, he holds us. Our relationship is more dependent on him. We, just, we need to be willing to allow him to be working in us and through us as we look forward to that time when we will actually be in his presence. Well, there's an admonition in, in Romans 12, 12, and it's kind of a summary of what I would like to say as we are looking into this next week. And I recognize many of you at home are, are maybe out of your normal sync with small groups and all those things, and, and we're trying to implement Zoom in that and some of those things to help us stay connected. But ultimately, our time in the Word, our time in prayer, individually at home is how we connect. And, and with our family, maybe our spouses if we have them. But in Romans 12, 12, Paul says this, be joyful in hope. This next week, be joyful in hope. Think forward to what God has for you, recognizing that this is temporary. Patient in affliction what you're going through, what we're going through. Patient, another word for patience, is endurance. Be, in, be enduring in affliction. Be faithful in prayer. And that is, that's key to us as we recognize that God, God can move and do whatever he wants to do, but his people need to cry out to him. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, that familiar verse, if my people who are called by their name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Prayer is so essential to us having a dependency on God, recognizing that there is no bailout that's going to save us. God has to move truly in our lives. Our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Second Corinthians, he writes this, very much a parallel passage to Romans 8. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Back to Florence Chadwick. She had swam more than 15 hours before she had been asked to be taken out of the water. Her trainer tried to encourage her to swim on, on since they were so close to the land. But when Florence looked, all she could see was fog. So she quit, less than one mile from her goal. Later, she said, I'm not excusing myself, but if I could have seen the land, I might have made it. I might have kept going. It wasn't the cold or fear or exhaustion that caused Florence Chadwick to fail. It was the fog. We look around us and we see fog. We see curtains. We don't get to see what God sees. 
if she would have listened to her trainer, her coach, she would have known that this is temporary, but you're almost there. We too need to trust in God's word. It is our coach. It is, it is uh, the Bible is, is, is final instructions before leaving earth. That's really what it is. And so you recognize that this is where our truth is. Romans 8, Romans 12, 2 Corinthians 4, talk about this hope that we have to look forward to and that that gives us endurance because of what we can see, not from our viewpoint, because as Hebrews 11 makes very clear, it's not what we can see. That's not faith. It's the unseen. And that requires us to trust in God who can see everything from his vantage point. We are called to finish well. Second Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. There's going to be a day when you, and you are in a race, and you don't realize it maybe, but today I'm telling you, you are in a race if you are a believer. And that race, at some point in time, there's going to be a curtain that's pulled up, and we're going to realize that you're in running shorts. You've got tennis shoes on. You've probably not had tennis shoes on for 15 or 30 years. You haven't run from here to your car, but you are in a race. You are in the Christian race. You are following Christ. And when the curtain is pulled up, you will realize that you are either a daughter or a son of Christ and of God. And because of that, you are in this race, not for here, but for the future. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you have given us truth, that we can see through fog because of what you have written. The blessings of having your word for us is immeasurable, that we know that these things are temporary, but what is in the, the, the future is eternal. Help us to endure. Help us to realize that we're in a race in this Christian walk. It is actually a running part that we need to do, and we do it not by our own strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, that our strength is made perfect in weakness because His strength works in us when we are weak. Help us, Father, to have the strength to endure, to look forward to the things that you have for us, all the while realizing that the hills and the valleys, the difficulties of this world, are part of this Christian walk, and we have so much more to look forward to. And in the midst of this, Father, help us to be salt and light as we see things differently than other people around us who are wondering, what is going on? What does this all mean? And Father, help us to give them the answers. Help us to have that hope that you have given us, that we would be ready to share with those. What is the hope inside of us? That we would do that with gentleness and respect, and that we would do that out of love, because it is out of love that we want to share the gift that you gave us, and to allow them uh, who don't know you to come into a relationship with you. Help us this week as we are enduring to stay connected with you through the word and through prayer and through uh, any kinds of devices, phone calls, encouraging one another, Zoom, whatever it takes, Father, that we would make the effort to do that, and that you would encourage us in our times that the Holy Spirit be quickened inside of each one of us. 